Like I knew for myself, I, I once I can just get my my a, a pinky toe in the water, like I knew like I can create ripples. Like like I just needed an opportunity. Like I think like many people like if they just if they if they just have the opportunity or just aware of of the opportunity that's available, like they can make a lot of things happen, man. Especially I I, I believe that's especially true for people that may come from a similar background as mine <clears throat> where it's not it's not much like knowledge to be passed down it's not much representation but like giving the right circumstance and giving the right awareness and the opportunity like they can take that and it's like explosions and that's what i did man i'm be i'm be honest that's what peace Corps did for me like like once i did that like i felt like oh Oh, I can be yeah. Cause I don't cause it just it's like I right, this was like oh this is this is this is all I needed to get here and then meet other like minded people that had other like skills and new other new other ways to do it and, and backpacking stuff. Once I figured it out, oh it was over. It was it was over. And so like yeah man, it, it was over. It was a wrap. That was Jerome Moore and welcome to Tetua with Benjamin Morse. everybody welcome back to the show Uh, i was recently talking to my wife and she was giving me a bit of a hard time about how some of my intros can be a little bit long at times and maybe occasionally redundant Uh, so in the full spirit of seeking wisdom from those who avail invaluable feedback about the show uh, i'm going to try to make this intro a little bit more pithy so my guest today is jerome moore he is a retired peace corps volunteer Uh, He also runs an organization called Community Changers in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's also the host of several podcasts. One of them is about travel and black identity called Black Americans Making Their Mark Stories Abroad, and the other one is called Deep Dish Conversations. And the reason why Jerome is the host of those two uh, podcasts is really because he is a captivating storyteller. He is so good at using narrative to help people recognize the ways in which they can make a difference within their own community. Part of his process is encouraging people to get out of their community and to get out of the United States, if that's where they reside, to go experience what it's like to live in another country. Uh, This conversation is full of stories and insight into how his experiences as a black male uh, in Paraguay, Costa Rica, and most recently in China have helped shape his path toward community-engaged work back in his hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. This is a must-listen episode as we collectively examine the role that identity plays within traveling abroad, uh, a theme that we've explored a few times here on the podcast, uh, most notably with episode one with Bernard Smalls. And I know that I learned a lot from Jerome here, and I'm confident that you will too. So, all right, uh, with, with that intro, let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Jerome Moore. All right. Hey, Jerome. Welcome to the podcast, man. Appreciate it, man. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm glad we was able to get this put together, man. I'm excited. Yeah, we, we danced back and forth a few times trying to get this the schedule, but you know, because you've got your own podcast, so kind of standard issue. 
hey man long as it long as it happens man that's all that matters you know <laughs> absolutely and you know listen it's always nice to interview a, a fellow podcast hosts uh because you get it and uh i will also say i'm just so humbled by your ability as a host uh, within your podcast uh black americans making uh their mark abroad really just with the the depth, the breadth, uh, the quality and the candor that you bring and you bring it every time. I've really enjoyed listening to a whole bunch of episodes that you're putting out. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate your support and listening, man. And it's like, as you know, man, once you're talking about something that like you experience and you're just really interested in other people's perspective in their journey, man, it just you really can't go wrong. And I feel like I learned something new each and every time from each um, person, each guest that I have on, man. So it's exciting, man, because, you know, I don't know everything and I like to get nosy in people's business and stuff and <laughs> kind of see <laughs> what can I learn from them, right? And then, you know, just make a great episode. No, that's that's good. And I'm I'm happy to have you here so we can flip the script a bit and I can, <laughs> I can get into your business a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, uh, I would be remiss if I if I didn't start our conversation by giving you a a wholehearted congratulations. Uh, I just saw the other day you announced uh, a network deal for your podcast. So that's that's just big time, man. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. And I also I I give um, your listeners an exclusive. I I didn't announce who I had the partnership with, but I'll announce it here on the podcast, man. And so it's with uh, Domino Studios, man. They have a a partnership with like HBO and some other networks, man. So um, it's a first it's a first step into like a bigger direction, man. So I'm excited to the whole Domino team. Uh, and just looking forward to like what season three is going to bring with just a whole nother, uh, whole nother perspective. And it's a team, right? I won't be doing it by myself anymore. <laughs> you know, like it's just a lot, right? A lot goes into it. And so just to have like other brain power, uh, and people that do, you know, just things that better than you do and on the technical side and making it sound better and making it be more fluid in segments and things like that, man. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it, man. So yeah. Season that's three, huge. can't wait. Yeah, that's huge. That's that's just a game changer, and I'm I'm so excited for you. That's really fantastic. And uh, I mean, obviously, you've you've brought it. You've got your your really unique approach. You tell amazing stories. You bring in guests that have a lot of really amazing stories to tell. And I I'm just really glad glad that you were able to get that recognition, and uh, you can kind of grow grow that a little bit. Um, for folks that don't know, uh, the scope of, of your podcast, uh, would you quickly talk through for our listeners, like what, what your show is, uh, what you're hoping to accomplish, uh, with, with what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, as you mentioned earlier, uh, my podcast is black Americans making the mark stories abroad and like very, like just really shortly, it's about encouraging and inspiring, uh, other black Americans, uh, to travel, um, and, and think about our opportunities beyond the United States. And it really just came from my uh, like my Peace Corps experience, which I know we'll talk about, and just my path and journey abroad. And, you know, just pretty much not knowing the opportunities that are available beyond the United States, just because of the lack of 
information <laughs> um, that I had around me, right? The lack of representation. And so I feel like it was just kind of like a social responsibility uh, in a void. I feel like, you know, I, I could feel in that kind of traveling market um, with the lack of uh, black Americans that I've, that I've noticed, but also just in my own community, the lack of uh, um, awareness around the opportunities that a person can have beyond the United States. And so we talk about those things. We talk about the journey. We talk about just the perspectives that people garner from the experiences, how it makes them change, gives them a new lens about them being an American, them being black, them being uh, from different areas, you know, whatever, whatever background they come from. And uh, we just dive into that and everybody's story different. Right. And so um, <clears throat> you can learn, you know, and, and I and I learn each and every time I have a guest on because no one guest has the same journey, even if they lived in the same country um, before. For. It's all different. And, you know, we all leave with something different, too. Once we live and immerse ourselves in these different countries and these communities and come back to the United States, if we come back, you know, uh, some people, you know, yeah. stay, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is not a bad thing either. All right. And so, yeah, man, so it's it's it's, it's empowering in a lot of ways. It, and, and it's very academia um, where you just learn about things. I think you just typically can't, you know, read in a book or get in on a television show. Uh, and things like that. So you really have to either one have left the United States and or spoken to someone who has left to be able to get some of these stories. I was so excited when I saw your podcast uh, promoted through Peace Corps. I know you did a, a partnership with them to to do a few uh, Peace Corps focused episodes. And that's actually how I originally saw your, your content and, and reached out for this conversation. Uh, and I, you know, that, that in and of itself, I want to chat a little bit about how that, that came together, but, you know, listen, our, our podcasts are, are really similar and that's what jumped out to me. But, you know, at the same time, uh, they're worlds apart because of who we are and how we came up. And I've talked right. a lot about this, uh, on, on my podcast, but, you know, as a, a white cisgender male from a United States middle-class family, my path into travel and, and tourism uh, was privileged and remains that way today. And, you know, I, I also want to say, though, within the same breath that it was through travel and tourism that I explicitly started to become aware of that privilege. And it's really where I learned to navigate the world around me with a heightened sense of, you know, humility and openness about how my identity impacts the way that I can move around this world. Right. And, and I've, I've talked with right. a number of guests about that, that notion. Uh, but this is why I'm, I'm just really honored and excited to have you here today, because, you know, in many ways, your podcast and the conversations that you're having with black Americans on your show is breaking through those stereotypes and, and breaking through like white America's typical understanding of like travel and tourism and like what, what that means and, and how accessible those types of experiences are, like how normalized they are in those communities. And, you know, you offer so many nuanced perspectives on how black Americans experience living uh, and, and working abroad. And I just I commend you for taking that on. Yeah, man. I, I and 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 if if people can just get that from it, like <laughs> if if we can just help people, um, you know, realize maybe you know their own privilege, and we all, especially as Americans, right, traveling outside of of the United States, a lot of time we all have privilege just as Americans, and just recognizing that, um, you know, even if if even if it's different privileges, like uh, amongst other Americans, just recognizing that, man, is just it's a beautiful thing, but also it can be you know kind of a daunting thing if you if you feel like you're 
you you more American outside of your own country, you know, in the United States, right? Which you know, um, many many Black Americans you know feel like, man, I feel like I get get treated better as an American outside of America, right? And so just having those conversations and breaking that down, man, and um, it's 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 powerful, but it's enlightening, and you know, people can leave with with a lot of gems, and you know, um, I know for sure if it wasn't for Peace Corps. I would not be doing what I'm doing, but also I don't think I would have had the opportunity um, to to have the experiences that I've been able to have up until this point abroad because like I didn't I didn't I didn't have the immediate family or community to be able to give me the knowledge or help me navigate how to even you know live abroad or get opportunities abroad right unfortunately um, and then um, I didn't have the finances just to say hey okay this is a place I want to go sure. uh, live. Um, and so let me just pay for it to go. So it was like, you know, Peace Corps was a was a great uh combination and I had the, you know, I had the uh the the skill sets and I had the experiences to be, you know, uh competitive to be, you know, accepted in the Peace Corps, which you know a lot of people aren't either, right? Uh and so, you know, I had a little bit of that privilege on my side, at least I had the opportunities and the, like the credentials of education and volunteer experience to be, you know, um competitive for a peace to be a peace corps volunteer so yeah so everything just kind of worked out and you know i just magically had the right uh criteria to be accepted but yeah man thanks to google because i didn't know about peace corps either like it just i just happened i just had a drive and i knew like i had to get beyond the united states and and figure out what else is out there and like like yeah, if I don't know, like Google just you know provided me that 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 search engine <laughs> that I right. needed, and uh, yeah, Peace Corps came up came about, and I was you know, and here, here we are today. Amazing! I I have so many questions uh, with, <laughs> within that frame, but I I definitely want to also kind of take take a step back and stay true to the format. And I I know that we had talked about Nashville, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. and kind of where you came up. Can you talk a little bit more about how it was yeah. like, like what it was like growing up in, in Nashville and uh, kind of your, your early, early stages of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nashville, like home is home. Right. You no, know, I think especially growing up as a kid, if you know, you don't, you don't know how, 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 how bad or how good your, <laughs> your, your city really is until maybe you get reached adulthood and you mature and understand like just social economic conditionings of people. Right. And so, you know, but growing up, you know, this is South, it's Tennessee, you know, um, you know, it's segregated, you know, really, really segregated, you know, and we didn't understand this. I didn't understand like these concepts, of course, growing up, it's like a pre-team and things like that. This is just my surroundings. Like pretty much everybody around me was just black, all the schools, you know, you know, uh, my teachers were white, you know, and things like that. But I didn't, you know, I really, this really wasn't a lot of like white people around me in general, but that's, that's the South and it's just segregated. It just really wasn't much diversity um, or whatnot. Until I, uh, and so, but you know, I, I, I grew up, I had a good childhood, you know, um, my parents are divorced, um, like, you know, probably 50% of the population, uh, in the United States. Uh, and so like, you know, you had that dynamic of, you know, just two households or not mom and dad, um, you know, and, you know, um, middle, low middle, um, middle class income pretty much, you know, primarily through my childhood, uh, life and so you know you but you you know you don't you don't recognize it because everybody around you is living you know similar lifestyles right so yeah, of course not you know, it's more of a reflection afterwards right you <laughs> right, never yeah, know what, what right. you have it's, until you're right 
or what you don't have, right? And so, and so, um, and so it just becomes, it becomes, it be, like, as I got older, right, it just became more mind-boggling to be like, man, I, how did I get this far, right? Um, because it's just really, it just, it was just so many resources that were lacked uh, educationally, just in the community in general. So it's just like, man, it's like, so many people get stuck and I can understand how people can't even think about, you know, going beyond the United States because like they can't even really see getting past what's in front of them. Right. And so uh, it's just unfortunate and, um, you know, for a lot of situations. And so, you know, being here in Nashville and being back in Nashville now, like it just it just it just drives me more to want to create at least that market here uh, starting here with Nashville to just creating a space where people can even think about. Uh, going abroad, the opportunities, right? Um, um, going beyond the United States, especially as like a, a black a male or a black female. So, um, especially youth. And so, uh, so yeah. So you know, Nashville, Nashville is you know it's known as it city, growing one of the fastest growing cities in the United States. But you know, like most cities, it has you know inequities um, and things like that. Um, you know, this is South again. <laughs> we got, we still got a long way to go, but it's it's growing. And you know, um, uh, I, I would encourage anybody to come visit Nashville. Uh, it's definitely you know one of the places where a lot of people are moving here, like ninety people a day or something like that are moving here, and so it's it's a great place. Um, and you know, I, it, it's been it's been it's been great growing up here, um, and it's been great just you know seeing the growth. Uh, that is, you know, being seen, being able to see Nashville through a different lens as a, like as an adult, um, and kind of seeing what it all has to offer. But you know, I went to school here. I went to Middle Tennessee State University, MTSU, um, and I went to Trekka for my master's. And so, like, you know, I did all my schooling here pretty much. Um, but the best thing I think I could have done for Nashville was leave Nashville, right? Leave the United States. Um, because literally, it just wasn't many, it wasn't anybody, uh, that I knew that had the experiences that I now have and be able to like kind of encourage others, at least be a beacon of representation that, Oh, I could, I could leave, like I can do this. And so, um, yeah. And so that's, uh, hopefully, you know, my podcast is doing it and some of the other things I have is doing it and just having more of these conversations, um, with folks like yourself is, you know, like just inspiring folks to just travel, but yeah, Nashville is Nashville. It's music city, USA, you know, it's a cool city. Uh, if you like, yeah. If you like country music, you know it's it's <laughs> it's an even more spectacular place for you. But we have all type of kinds of music, uh, you know, and it's you know it's kind of gives you the L.A., Chicago, New York feel, but just in a southern, you know, kind of like space, a little slower, not as dense to yet. Uh, but you know, people are moving down here, and um, you know, um, it's it's home. It's home. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm I'm chuckling a little bit because my. My one experience in, in Nashville was actually uh, I ran my first ultra marathon in Nashville. So I ran a, a 50 mile race. Uh, we chatted about this before, but it was that, that was my kind of uh, uh, introduction to the city. And I uh, got to spend a little bit of time kind of, you know, going going around downtown, listening to some music. But I, I have this memory where, you know, ultra marathons are just silly events anyways, in and of themselves. Um, right. And, uh, so I'm, I'm running and it's, you know, there's probably 50 runners total. And when you're running 50 miles, you get spread out like real quick. So I'm, I'm by myself, I've got a race bib on and, you know, I'm, I'm like probably 32, 33 miles in and I'm running through downtown Nashville and there's like all these, you know, those like, 
those those bike parties where they're all drinking and riding the same bike and like bachelorette parties and all sorts of things and they're like everyone's hollering at me and they're like are you in a race right now and i'm like yeah i, I think so and uh yeah it's nashville's a cool spot man i'm 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 more i'm, I'm really intrigued too to hear a little bit later in our conversation too your your work you're, you're such a community oriented guy and i i love that you're you're from the city, you came back to the city, and it, it sounds like you've really, you know, kind of taken a lot of the lessons that you've you've learned from the school of uh, living ab- abroad and, and kind of brought them back. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm still amazed that, like, 50 miles in, a, in race goes together. Like, that's actually, like, a... F- <laughs> like, people like, that's crazy. When I think of a race, 50 miles don't come... <laughs> That's funny. I, That's I mean, amazing. I got into I got into running in in Ethiopia when I was when I was peaceful volunteer there, right? And I played soccer yeah. my whole life, so it was kind of a a shift. Right. Um, but you know, it's that was another example of me just trying to to do what what my community was doing and just kind of learn from them. And you know, I I didn't think it was going to take me to a so the ultra marathon world, but um, <laughs> it was good. It was a good way to see Nashville. Miles. I'll Ooh. say. <laughs> I was, yeah, that was good. Um, and so you, you also mentioned something earlier and, you know, I, I reflect on my own kind of upbringing in, in Fort Collins, Colorado, where uh, a lot of my classmates throughout elementary school were going abroad and coming back and having all these stories. Uh, you can imagine predominantly white school and a uh, really wealthy area of, of Fort Collins. And I remember like a couple of my friends like went to Africa when they were in, you know, third or fourth grade and came back and did the slideshow. And like I first traveled to the Caribbean, actually to Aruba when I was three years old. And my, my dad kind of found this, this like hack with the uh, kind of uh, all the airline miles and everything when they first came out with those programs. So he was able to figure out a whole bunch of ways to just accrue a whole bunch of miles. And, and that ended up charting a, a path for my sister and I to go abroad almost every year from when I was wow. as young as three. So I, I had a very different opportunity growing up. Um, and it's just interesting to think about all these different kind of uh, pathways into travel. I, I just interviewed a, a former uh, U.S. ambassador. He was the uh, country director for Peace Corps in Ethiopia, and he was born into the foreign service. Like he was born in Germany, his family was foreign service, and in, until recently, he hadn't lived in a place longer than four years of his life. Right, and wow, it's it's that's also like another step closer in that direction. You talk about the expat communities, like right. you know those. That's a whole nother version of that, right? Um, how did you first get into travel? Like, I know you mentioned that you didn't, this wasn't a thing that was, you know, (laughs) obvious, uh, probably wasn't a trip to Aruba when you were three, but (laughs) man, look, look, I, I like, like, like seriously, like the only traveling, I guess, like I, I could, I had done is like, like, uh, like my my grandmother lived in North Carolina, like, uh, Ryloff, North Carolina, or Fayetteville, I can't remember which one. Uh, so we would go visit like her in the summertime. Me and my me and my little brother just stay there like pretty much the whole summer. And then like I, I remember like taking trips down like to like driving to like Orlando, Florida, and stuff like that. But like that was like when I was <clears throat> like seven to eight eight years old, something like that. Um, but man, like honestly, uh, like far as traveling and abroad, man, like 
like yeah like as a as i guess as an adolescent or even like a teenager like yeah man it just i had i had no i had no idea like that i would be even doing something like peace corps or going about i had no idea man i think it, i came into it like i think i was just vol- i was volunteering like after i finished undergraduate school i just volunteering and i always also too wanted to learn spanish right and so and i took some courses in um in undergraduate school but it wasn't sticking it wasn't sticking. And so I was always like kind of fascinated with just the world and nature and kind of just like has to be something more than just this. Right. Like and I, I think it was more just adventure. Right. It wasn't even community like where you just like, I just want to adventure. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're a seeker. Right. Yeah. 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 And so um, I think that was kind of just like, I guess that will probably be like that inspiration or the bug. They kind of like was inside of me that's like man i gotta figure out a way like you know and then just happened the way we just happened to be like around community development was like kind of just like the path that i feel like well I, i'm really passionate about this i'm doing this i'm volunteering like maybe there's a way for me to do this outside the united states um and then like it was, i came across like a lot of different programs and stuff but a lot of it was like volunteer based for like six weeks and you had to pay right thousands of yeah. dollars yeah and it wasn't like you know it wasn't kind of what I was looking for, as uh, far as like like in real in depth, like a long period of time. And again, again, I wasn't trying to pay. Uh, I needed something for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, so that man, that was like kind of like really what kind of got me going because again, like like I didn't I didn't have like I just didn't know nobody, man. I re- like literally I didn't know anybody that like that had lived abroad outside of like military, like outside of military, nobody that lived abroad, nobody that could tell me about any programs like Peace Corps and stuff like that. So it was just really like, like, I don't, man, it was just. It's amazing. I don't like, yeah, how man, did you, yeah, like, man, that's amazing. Like, how did the Peace Corps bug even get planted? Or like, how did you man, even it, see I just, that that was an I just, opportunity? <laughs> I just came, like, like when I tell you literally, I just came across of it in Google, or like on Google, man. Like, and I just said, oh, it's US government. So let's see, like gotta be some good. And when I seen that was free, and then I seen like, oh, like, like you can get a stipend and it's, you know, 27 mm-hmm. months and like all this technical training. I feel like, man, I have the education. Like I was getting, I was getting my master's at the time. Like I got the education. I've, I, I've been volunteering in my city. Like I got the volunteer work. Uh, and so I was like, man, this is, this is, this, this must be it. And I feel like, and again, like it wasn't a financial barrier. And so I was like, cool. And so, uh, and then it was like, even the stipend, it was, I wouldn't like, I'm already broke. <laughs> it ain't like, I like, it ain't like I need to make a lot of money. Like I'm just like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was more the experience and everything that I was seeking, man. So yeah. like nobody around me, um, like knew what the Peace Corps was, even I was like my mom, my dad or anybody, like yeah. nobody know. Yeah. But like, come to find out, we have like a real strong um, return Peace Corps volunteer like group here in Nashville. And so once I found that, I think I went to like a like a meeting of theirs for like people who may be going and talk to some folks. Especially when I found out like when I was being placed, and up meeting some people that that was placed in Paraguay as well. So I, like they was able to connect me pre departure to some with some folks that was already there. Um, that they serve with or that just have lived there. So like it just all worked out that way, man. But that's unreal. Like yeah, yeah, yeah man. It's like it just <laughs> like I don't sometimes I still don't know how how it happened. Like yeah. it just yeah. it just happened that way. Yeah, and Peace Corps is one of those things too that I like I 
I think there's probably like a, a small percentage of, of volunteers that like are aware of the organization. Maybe they had a parent serve in it um, as, as a piece for volunteer and, and they kind of grew up knowing that that was an option for them. But most people have that, like I stumbled across this thing story uh, and, you know, I had a recruiter speak in my class, uh, an undergraduate at Colorado State. Uh, at the time, I was like, no way, dude, fuck that. There's no way I'm going to go live two years abroad. <laughs> it just, I was 18 years old. There was, it wasn't even a thing that was on the map. And uh, a couple years later, after I, I lived abroad, uh, I studied abroad, and then I did an internship abroad. And I was like, you know, and of course, I had the background of traveling abroad. So that was, that was an, an easy kind of next step for me. But then when that light bulb went on, it was like, I'm going to do anything and everything I can do to get into this. And like, it is interesting to hear how when that, that spark, whatever spark lights that fire, like people are, are driven to, to kind of see that through what, so what years did you serve in, in Paraguay? Uh, so 15, 2015, 2017. Yeah. 2015, 2017. So I went in March, 2015, flew into Miami uh, did the um, uh, pre 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 training? Staging. I forgot what they call it. Yeah, yeah pre yeah. yeah staging. Yeah, staging. <laughs> uh, and then from there, that was in Miami, so that was pretty cool to do staging in Miami. Uh, and then from there, like uh, flew to Paraguay, man. Well, for uh, yep, it was a direct flight for uh, Paraguay. So yeah, man, and it was life changing. Like, what was like, your I sector learned, again? Uh, community and mm. economic development. Okay. Yeah, CED. Cool. Yep, yep. And how so, big was your? Yeah, man. How big was your group? Uh, so we we came in as a health and CED, and so it was about 47, 48 of us, something like that, uh, as as a group, and then like split in half, like twenty ish on each side. Yeah, staging is a wild experience. <laughs> you just kind of show up <laughs> and you meet. Actually, one thing that really struck me from one of your conversations with one of your guests, uh, Tim Tim Campbell, uh, uh-huh. he he told a story about his staging experience. Uh, I believe he served in the Gambia, and uh-huh. like showing up and just like you know being the only black guy walking through the the lobby and nobody paying any attention to him, and and then he just showed up and he was like, "I've never been around this many white people in my life before," and like. Like what's going on? And then, and then just like the, his story of like, just kind of the notion and the tone of like white saviorism that early on in his, his experience is just such Mm a, a powerful like sentiment, I think of, of the challenges of, of not just Peace Corps, but international development in the colonial history that our, our world faces. But I don't know, like what were your staging experiences like? Was it different? Yeah. yeah. No, no, it was, it was kind of, um, I think it was it was it was it was different in the fact like I think I think people like like you knew you was there for Peace Corps like you know um, and it was like it was a good like I think out of both of the out of both of the health and CED I think it was maybe like I think five like black folks and then like a people of color maybe like around maybe eight to ten something around there. Um, so it wasn't many, <laughs> yeah. but like, but like, and so, but like, but it wasn't the experience like, you know, like I didn't, I didn't feel like, like, uh, I didn't feel like an outlier, like, man, I really don't belong here type of thing. It was just like, it was like, it was like, man, I'm here. 
I'm ready to like to to get to to get to uh, Paraguay. But then too, man, I just think you know people's personalities kind of can kind of shape the experience too. Um, some people are, are observers. Some people like to, you know kind of get in there like are like sociable right off the bat. And so I'm like a mixture in between um, or whatnot. And so man, it was it was really good. Like I, like you knew people was different and then like at that age too just depend like on people's maturity like i i went in knowing like hey it's gonna be a honeymoon stage uh like people like i i didn't expect people to be bff yeah, you had a master's degree you were like yeah yeah you were yeah. like a, so I was, a season <laughs> yeah i was like 20 so i was like i was going on 25 um so i would have been so i was i was 24 at the time but i was turning 25 in july and so like i like cause I, so i already had like a you know what i'm saying I, I, like i guess a different mentality even when it came to just like just life and like the purpose of what i'm doing here and like kind of how this is going to like how can i leverage this experience to kind of get to where i'm trying to go in life and everything and so like i so i i kind of already already kind of knew like hey you know it's three months of this technical language training let's let's get through this people will change people will stay the same people you know people will come be friends some people you're gonna not you're not gonna like they may not like you personalities people are coming from all over the country right with different backgrounds and so uh, which is you know which is interesting which in which you know um you know you which you hopefully can learn from you know and i think a lot of people was able to learn from each other uh, within our, P- our Peace Corps training, uh, as well, just different backgrounds and experiences. Because when we got to Paraguay, a lot of people was in culture shock, like, oh man, I've never seen this before. And I was like, you know, a lot of this is like going on, <laughs> like back at home. Like, we like this a lot of like communities and situations that like this. And so, so you got so it's so it's interesting in, in that way. Uh, but like, you you can you can definitely like you know, uh, form bonds and friendships that last like a lifetime or whatnot and you learn and you grow and then you kind of you know you kind of realize like oh wow you know like no matter kind of whatever backgrounds that we have and come from like we all ended up here doing this one thing um and so we must have some common interests of some sort uh that all brought us here yeah that's the magic of the experience right and mm-hmm. yeah like I mean, you said it really well, so I'm not going to re-say it, but I, I, you know, everyone comes in from very different places and then you kind of, you're put on the same team and you're given the same training and the same process. Uh, and that, that camaraderie and that first three months that you build those relationships, like you said, lasts like a, a lifetime. And it's, it's cool to see the volunteers that served in the sixties and seventies that are still you know, super connected <laughs> and obviously, a lot of uh, Peace Corps couples. I met my wife uh, in, in Peace Corps. I say it's it's one of the best dating services that, that you can go into. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I uh, yeah, such a see, there's I, so I many see, so many I, of the Peace Corps I, couples. I had, right? I had a whole different <laughs> I had a whole different mindset when it came to like this dating and everything. Like there, yeah, my mindset was like, man. I'm gonna go international with my women. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have women from different countries and different places. <laughs> that was my mindset. That's what that was my that was what they came down. Man, oh my gosh, I have women that speak different languages. Oh man, like I'm gonna. Oh man, wait until the fellas hear about this back at home. It. Like I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get dual you know. citizenship one day. It'll be 
<laughs> like, like that was like actually a thing yeah. of my time. I was like, man, I'm a I'ma have like a girlfriend, like in every like country. Like I'm just gonna be international, just have women in here. <laughs> like this, this these were my dreams, man. These, these were my uh, dreams. There's so many songs about that. I'm like, it's popping up. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, I it's funny, like it, you know, I know a lot of, and you probably know as well, there's just a lot of couples that come out of Peace Corps. And uh, I know a lot of folks from my group and other groups around me uh, have Ethiopian spouses now. And like, it's it's cool. I mean, those are the, the, the depth of the relationships you form in the Peace Corps is, is just, I mean, it's amazing. It just, it permeates everything, right? Yeah, 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 and and and, and it's, it's it's always the relationship dynamics, man. Is it's weird. It's some like it just. I, so I wonder, like, with you being like a white male and being like premium dating, like just in the world, like premium <laughs> premium dating selection, right? White handsome male, for American at that, you know, I, <laughs> like <laughs> like I like and 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 so like. Like I wonder, like far as when it comes to dating, like especially like in in these other countries that may be developing, you know, I wonder did like did 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 you ever feel like you were seen, or were you aware that you could be seen as like a like a like a like a get rich quick like type of like like tag or like uh, like oh I can I can you know, make my way into a better lifestyle if I hook up with Ben, you know, did you ever get that? Certainly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's, how does that make you feel? Like, how did, like, how do you feel about that? Like, yeah, it's super uncomfortable, man. It's, it's one of those things that like, I think every, every volunteer, like their identity and their community shapes the way that, that they can interact and form relationships and get projects done um, my community was like 5,000 people. It was, it was a, a pretty small, like rural town and everybody knew who I was everywhere. And like, you know, there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, opportunities for relationships to build in, in all the ways. Um, you're kind of like a celebrity, right? And, uh, it's, you know, definitely as, as a white male in Ethiopia, like, I stick out in, in many, many ways. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of preconceived notions on what, what that means too. And there's a lot of like assumptions, I think too, on behalf of like host country nationals on like what volunteers would do. Um, I think there's also just, you look at the history of a country like Ethiopia, where there's, it's an aid based economy. There are all these co- like countries from all over the world are sending different organizations and nonprofits in and out. And, uh, you know, each of these organizations has a different kind of cultural fit with the community and different values and norms and ways in which they interact uh, and things that are appropriate and inappropriate. Those lines are very different. Right. And you inherit all of that when you come into a community. Right. Uh, and I think that that's I think one of my my really big lessons learned, too, from from Peace Corps in particular is that identity becomes so front and center for everybody. And like, it, it kind of has to, when you're coming into a community and, and into a new culture, you need to learn how to, to navigate it. And you need to learn like, like what are the kind of stereotypical responses you're going to get? Like, 
uh, people yelled money, 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 like Ferenji, Tzada, which means white. Like people would come up and, and try to like wipe, wipe my freckles off my skin because they thought it was dirt, you know? And like, there were all these things that you, you need to be aware of and you need to prepare for. That's just one version, right? And everyone has, you know, we're all multifaceted and we have identities that we can, some people can hide when you walk into a room, others uh, you, you can't, right? And, and that was one of the things that I think in the beginning of our experience, we, we really talked through all these different identities and like, well, what does it mean to be an Asian American volunteer going into a community in Ethiopia? Like, here are the things that you can likely expect, right? And just to try to understand what that experience is going to be like. Uh, I mean, what was it like in, in Paraguay going in as a, a black male? Man, like it was it was one of those things it was like it's like you you get the one you get the whole you know I nobody thought and again this is my first time abroad right and mm-hmm. so I'm growing and learning at the same time all of these like misconceptions stereotypes and things like that that I didn't really know like people had right and so just the fact that they didn't even associate my my blackness with American was like wow like oh yeah you know I yeah we 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 are in the United States as well um, and <laughs> they would say oh maybe Afro Brazilian uh, from Cuba uh, you know the surrounding country Colombia where they known to have like darker skinned people right you know we all got here the same way through the uh, transatlantic slave trade primarily. Uh, right. And so like, no, yeah, we, we got we got we just they just made a stop before they, they got down to Columbia yeah. and you are. That, that's it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so that was so that was so that was interesting. Like, wow, they didn't even think I was American. And so um, just that alone. And then like this. <clears throat> and then so then they have like these preconceived notions is about black men in general, about like like even like when it comes to, like like sexually, uh, when it comes to, like I sports and entertainments and all these things and it just it just like when you're in in the moment you're like wow like no like not not all of us can be six six and you know be michael jordan or you know these type of things or you know be jay-z or 50 cent be like these these type of things so it just is it is just really really amazing but I, I didn't have it wasn't any kind of thing like that was negative. It was just more like this stereotypical like misconceptions that you know they just put you in a box, right? And then you know and then like and then it's so so that's a so that's another conversation that sometimes you feel like having and sometimes you don't to help you know people kind of learn like oh no like you know we're in the United States we do these type of things X Y and Z and yes some of us you know do you know are occupied in this space but not all of us you know some of us are like volunteers like myself and trying to make a difference you know in the international development world did you um, find but, that like did you find that having those those conversations you're able to like you know do do some solid goal three work or goal two work and and kind of change some of those tropes and, and stereotypes of like the 10 black dudes that they've seen on TV. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I, I think I was and and I was really kind of like uh I was in a good situation to where like um, when I got to my site in Tour Bay, my host mom Raquel um she was half Paraguayan, half Japanese, right? So it's like a huge Japanese population in Paraguay. Oh wow, right? I didn't know that. And so yeah, and so she, uh, so she was like a little more liberal, 
and she like and kind of open like more like just just more aware and conscious about some of these things that like when I was in training, one I didn't have the language skills, but two I don't think my like my abuela would have been like she these these are not conversations she would have been trying to have or even ask me about or dealing with where you know my um my host mom and my um uh, and my site was younger a little young was younger a lot younger and more liberal and kind of just open and kind of, you know, up what's going on in the world. And so we would have these conversations and things like that. Even when I couldn't find like the words in Spanish, like she would, she would know like kind of what I was talking about. So it was like really cool having those type of conversations and getting and hearing her thoughts and probably having conversations and with her that she probably could not have with other Paraguayans or other Paraguayan women um, in general. So, yeah, so, so it was really enlightening with that culture exchange uh, but I think at the end of the day, man, I just think it still came down to like, I'm a black dude. People think <laughs> like the black culture, just the coolness thing. And I, I, and I was their first like male volunteer, black, uh, volunteer as well. So I just think like all that just overread everything. And people just, like, people just liked me being there and it really wasn't many, like many conversations about kind of like just the, the different experiences that even black Americans have in the United States. Um, I think too, because, you know, a lot, I just really didn't, uh, have the language skills at the time just to really even dive into deep into a lot of that stuff. Um, anyway, but then again, like, like when, when, when people maybe asked me about something that was definitely culturally like black, it was a, it was a good way to have a conversation. A lot of that stemmed around like entertainment or music or something like that, or like, 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 or like, um, or slang words or something like that they just heard and like let me let me let me break this down for you like these are the things you did this inappropriate and these are the things like okay and try to find like correlations in their language and think some of the things to help them better understand how like how it maybe how it can be offensive and things like that so it's amazing too to to think about the age that we were when we we served and like the the level of maturity that those types of conversations require, uh, language barriers aside, uh, yeah. of course you need to have the words to explain the words. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I remember having really candid conversations with, with some of my friends, for example, about like LGBTQ in the States where in Ethiopia, it's still illegal. And so a lot of our, our volunteers had to, to hide that part of themselves for their for very real safety concerns. And for some of the my really close friends, my close Ethiopian friends that I, I knew were more open and, and progressive, like having those conversations, I feel like like really kind of pulled pulled back the veil a little bit and uh, allowed us to like just build that relationship even deeper. Uh, and there was genuine curiosity on on behalf of, of them uh, to, to learn and to just kind of understand like what is what does that mean I remember watching the uh, 2012 Olympics and everybody was like you know like like those all your like because it's summer Olympics right and like you know more than half of our team is is black and, and everyone is like <laughs> oh like no they're African or like oh they're Habesha they're Ethiopian and I'm like no and they're like Oh yeah, just like Barack Obama, like he's he's Habesha, like he's Ethiopian. I'm like, no, that's. <laughs> but having those conversations, like I think, just really opened up the doors for certain people. I think other times it was just exhausting and it didn't really go anywhere, which I think you alluded to as well in your comments. But All right, yeah, man, it's a it's 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 fascinating, man. Like how 
how how like other 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 people in the, in the, in other countries can totally just like kind of kind of dismiss that in a way. Uh, but then again, I think about like like my Americanism. Like, hey, like is that me being just in a privileged American, just assuming and thinking that everybody should know like that? You know, there's black people <laughs> in the United States, right? And so and so, man, it's so it's it's it's, it's always an opportunity. Like, and that's why I think like the best things for Americans. One of the best things Americans can do is leave America because I think we just so like just full of ourselves a lot, you know, subconsciously, you know, and we just get caught up in our own like spotlight and everything we see is about us. Even foreign movies, like like we we can we we can be easily infiltrated or put in there, <laughs> and, and and it's made about us, right? And so it's it's like one of those things like just leave, man. You just really just you really find out like how much people really don't know um, about your culture or your culture in America, man. And it, 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 it's amazing. <laughs> and it's amazing. It makes and it humbles you like, Oh, you don't know. Oh, okay. And you, and, and you can't get offended about it. Right. That's one of the things like, I think Peace Corps helped me like understand of like, just like, we're not learning the same things about each other. Right. We just not. And therefore like they may take something, they may say something and not know how it's meant because they just really don't know. <clears throat> and you have to like take it as such and then take the opportunity to break it down. Uh, and maybe they, maybe they take it and understand it and maybe they don't, but like, you know, like you just can't expect everybody to just know the things, you know, just because you're an American or know everything about America. And so like, like just having that perspective and, and just being able to learn and grow as a person like traveling in Peace Corps really helped me like mature uh, in that aspect, which I don't think like you just you really it's hard to do if you just stay in the one place, um, you know, your whole life or even one country in your whole life. It just is really difficult to do, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it perfectly, Jerome, and I I think like the like travel just holds up this this really interesting reflective mirror and it it gives you a way to reflect on yourself. Like you're going to know who you are real quick when you're <laughs> dropped into a new community and you, you're basically a, a toddler. You got to learn how to talk. You got to learn how to go to the bathroom again. You got to learn what, what food is safe to eat, what food isn't. So you got to, everything is new and you learn real quick. Like what, what you, what lies you've been telling yourself, like how much you've been bullshitting yourself on, on how awesome you are. And, uh, and also, like from a, I mean, you nailed it too. Thinking about like patriotism with air quotes, and like uh, right. American exceptionalism, and just whether it's it's overt or whether it's kind of subconscious <laughs> and just kind of an assumption because it's drilled into us from you know a really young age. And like right. you said, media and pop culture and, and everything shapes that perception around the world in ways that are even beyond my understanding today, right? But Right. You walk into all of that, like you inherit all of that as as a volunteer. And it's your ability to understand and recognize that those things exist and try to like work past it and work through it uh, wherever, wherever I think the effort, uh, the, the juice is worth the squeeze sometimes, not always. But right. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like and so, yeah, you and that's another thing, like, you know, and I guess that's one of the things like I guess like like Peace Corps is a is a balance of right. It's like like who's benefiting the most from like the volunteer service there, right? 
you know, and, and I, I would, you know, I would say like probably the volunteers probably benefiting the most, or or I put like this, the, depending because I think everybody used their experiences differently. I think if we had the way and, and, and you had the volunteer that like maximizes the, the, the most out of their Peace Corps experience, it's probably going <clears> to <throat> benefit more as an individual than like a community would from them being there. Right. Uh, that's my opinion, um, which is I, which I think is OK, <laughs> which I think is OK, um, which I think is OK, you know, because. Every volunteer, you know, every you 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 know this. You pretty had you probably had some people in Ethiopia. Every volunteer doesn't you know hit the grounds running, blazing. And, you know, two years sometimes is not enough <laughs> um, to get a lot of stuff done. And <clears throat> sometimes maybe just the presence of just an American, <clears throat> excuse me, of just an American and a volunteer just being there, uh, you know, invites the community to think about doing different things or trying new stuff. Um, you know, I th- I think that's part of it too. And then just sometimes, like some projects, just doesn't just don't go well. Some projects do, but I think the growth of the volunteer, if they if they're in the right mind and uses their experiences in the right way, I think you know probably benefits probably benefits most as an individual than Peace Corps. Some people have a problem with that. Um, some people, you know, don't. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't think it can ever be really solved uh, per se. I don't think there's no like kind of like infinite solution. But you know, I I I, I tap my hat off to, <clears throat> to to Peace Corps and the opportunities it provides, uh, especially people like myself who is no way in hell. There's no way that would be able to you know afford and or know about or be able to be in a situation to to garner those experiences and to grow. To potentially make you know communities better, whether you know domestically or internationally. It's well said, and and I totally agree with you. And I think you know my my opinion aligns uh, pretty pretty directly <laughs> with yours. I think that Peace Corps certainly has opportunity to to reform on uh, certain areas and to grow and to change, uh, particularly in in the demographics of who serves, uh, the relationships in which we have with our communities uh, and and trying to balance some of that power dynamic that is uh, so incredibly asymmetric. Um, And and there's a lot of examples of of that, but I also am am such a strong believer in the organization for really both the volunteers benefits, but also, I mean, there are so many amazing stories that have come from the impact on the community. And it's, it is interesting. I've, couple other podcast uh, episodes. Uh, Dan Baker um, worked at Peace Corps for over 20 years. Uh, I just interviewed him a couple episodes ago. And, you know, talking through the, the three goals of Peace Corps and really like taking a deep look at goals two and three. And like, you know, a lot of people think about that question, like, well, is Peace Corps an economic development agency? Like, is, is this an international development agency and like what are those metrics and what are those evaluation uh, kind of tools on the back end and how can we point to that impact? I think that's a really valid argument, but I also think the goal two and three it, in many ways, like you could almost flip that and it, it's almost like more important for a lot of volunteers experiences because those relationships ultimately are the things that persist over time and I think have the the most deep and uh, impactful 
uh, outcomes of a service. And, you know, I, I've really thought a, a lot about this and the relationships that I have in Ethiopia. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely think it's, it's the most selfish thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> uh, I got a lot out of it and, and I'm still getting a lot out of it. Uh, but I also think there was a lot that uh, my community gained as well from having me there and, and probably in a lot of ways that I'm not aware of. Right. And I think that's the other piece is you may not know the impact fully that you had on your community because the 10 year old that you taught how to solve the Rubik's cube, you may never talk to them again, but that might've been some sort of, you know, moment for them where they grew into something uh, that, that, that was a seed. Right. So it's, it is interesting and definitely worth a, a debate or two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, and I think like, even with that kid that maybe 10 years old with the Rubik's Cube, I think that same effects happens to volunteers, right? Even if, once you leave that site, whether you had good moments or or, uh, or bad ones, like it affects you in some type of way that helps you grow. Um, and because, you know, you know, everybody doesn't, you know, finish their Peace Corps service and have just high-end reviews about Peace Corps. Like some people are like, mm -hmm. hey, I really didn't like my service. It was challenging. Mm -hmm. It was this, it was that. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't recommend people do it, right? And so, and so, like, so those, you know, so like, you know, it's life, and people, people also just gotta, I think, too. We all have to take accountability of our personalities and who we are that that contributes a lot to you know what our service is or isn't, um, and the relationships that we form or don't form. And I think you know, like. Like I think while well, I went in, I went in kind of knowing, you know, at twenty four years old, I, I went in kind of knowing like how how I was going to use this experience to further my my next steps and kind of the mm -hmm. impact I wanted to have, not for myself but for community, because I like, hey, this is the lane I want to be in. I want to, I want to, I want to focus on community and economic development. This is giving me a you know first class, world class <laughs> lesson in the education on how to do that uh, that I can bring back to my community. Where a lot of people go in and not know, like kind of don't know themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then don't know what they kind of really want to do. And I think that could that could that could that could make or break somebody's experience where they could help them realize, but or they can help them like maybe not be as effective. Um, and what they want to do because they just trying to still figure out who they are, right? And so, um, and so I just and and so that's why you know sometimes you see people do their two years and then you know they go work at Trader Joe's and live happily mm -hmm. ever after, right? And then you have other people that like you know they they go on and work in other you know work at universities, start a podcast, do all these other things, right? Um, and so I just it just just a toss up, man. It's just a toss up. <laughs> it's just a toss up. So your service was interrupted. Yep, yeah, my service, my service was interrupted. Man, I had a, uh, it was kind of two interruptions that happened at once. So if you didn't know, I'm like a star basketball player, man, and uh, <laughs> I was dominating in Paraguay. <laughs> but also like just in high school and stuff, man, middle high, middle school, high school, like all city, all that good stuff. So man, I end up, yeah, no, I end up like having like. Uh, like a tear like a ligament and like in my ankle and so I, you know you know how peaceful medical is yeah. man you have to you know you have to go through all this stuff I had to have a boot and everything and then at the same time I had a family emergency <clears throat> here and so like I thought I was going to be able to just come back mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, to Paraguay um, but with my ankle in a family emergency they would not allow me to uh, to come back um 
uh, because I've been out of sight too long, right? Been out of the country too long. Uh, but I end up going back anyway, like right, right like when, like uh, in 2000, at the end of 2017, I came back, uh, was able to watch like everybody ring the bell and everything, seeing everybody, because I was in contact cool. with people the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like I never yeah. left. Like I was in contact with people the whole time, like I never left. And so, uh, so yeah, man, so they, they still honored, honored me and everything. So it was real cool. But I think like a lot of that had to do with like, me as a person, my personality, mm-hmm. like the work I was doing, and then just the the like when I got back, when I came back home, I was still in community working, right? And then like was always in contact, and then like went back yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that, man. So I think like I just think stuff like that, like just like who you mm-hmm. are, I think, and the relationships that you build with Peace Corps and the people that work in Peace Corps, like. I, it just it makes a huge difference. Um, and I say that too when I when I went to Costa Rica and I lived in Costa Rica for a year, I reached out to the embassy. You know, they they check my like I said, hey, Peace Corps volunteer Paraguay. They check my like my background and everything. And I was able to be li- liaison some things between the community. I was working in in Puerto Jimenez in Costa Rica with the U.S. Embassy and got like an American corner. Like so, just like this, that, That's like awesome. it just yeah, yeah, man. So it's just like. I like I knew for myself. I, I once I can just get my my a, a pinky toe in the water, like I knew like I can create ripples. Like like I just needed an opportunity. Like I think like many people like if they just if they if they just have an opportunity or just aware of of the opportunity that's available, like they can make a lot of things happen, man. Especially I I, I believe that's especially true for people that may come from a similar background as mine. <clears throat> where it's not it's not much like knowledge to be passed down. It's not much representation, but like giving the right circumstance and giving the right awareness and the opportunity, like they can take that and just can like explosions. And that's what I did, man. I'm be I'm be honest. That's what Peace Corps did for me. Like like once I did that, like I felt like you're like I got oh, this. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. Cause I don't cause it just it's like I right, this was like oh this is this is this is all I needed to get here and then meet other like minded people that had other like skills and new other new other ways to do it and, and backpacking and stuff. Once I figured it out, oh it was over. It was it was over. Yeah. And so like yeah man, it it was over. It was a wrap. And you spent some time in China too, right? <clears throat> yep, yep. So I spent so um like after Peace Corps, I was able to live in Costa Rica and was a director for uh, education and community development in Puerto Jimenez, and then uh, did that for a year. And then I went to China um, and did was uh, was a startup uh, a director for a community development center in Xiamen, China, and I was there for two years. So I just came back in October 2019, um, and during that time in China, I was able to meet some people. Um, they had some projects going in the Philippines. So it was actually went to the Philippines for like a month in Bacalit, Philippines and uh, worked on some projects there, community development projects there with some youth, with some kids, man. And so like, yeah, man, it was like, and none of that, like would I would, I would not been able to do any of that or be aware that was possible without my Peace Corps experience. I for sure. It. Like for sure. Yeah. I, I love how excited you're getting. Like I can tell you're so, you're so, I know you're good at this work, even though I, I haven't worked alongside you. I could just tell, uh, obviously you have, you have a great track record. Um, but like, I can just sense it in, in your voice, the way you're talking about it and like the, the really genuine connection to those communities. And like, I, I just, I really love that. And it's, it's cool that you were able to take away that like 
man, if I can do this, I can do anything mentality. But then you, you put that into practice. Like, I think it's one thing to have that epiphany. It's another thing to just keep putting your neck out there and just trying over and over again. But, uh, that's, that's cool. So bring us, bring us home to Nashville. So what's, what's up in Nashville? Uh, you know, what was that transition like and, and what are you up to now? Yeah, so coming back home, man, it's always like bittersweet. <laughs> it's like it's it's sweet because it's home, it's familiar. Like you get to eat all your favorite foods, see see your loved ones, see your friends. But then it's like it's like bitter because it's like you didn't been around the world. <laughs> you didn't see all these like amazing different things and like just the challenge of even just adjusting and learning new things and stuff like that, meeting new people. Uh, a totally different backgrounds. Like living in China, man. I I think I met the. I think it was the most diverse place I've ever lived. Like people just all over the world is in China, uh, literally just all from each continent, like everywhere. Right. I gotta go someday. <laughs> I've never been. Man, like oh, like it's it's crazy. Like it's 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 crazy how many different people are just living in China. Like either going to school or working. Like I've never met this a uh, this a uh, melting pot of just different people nowhere else in the world um, that I've been. And so it was just it was so just amazing. So just coming back home is like is that you is just bitter because you know you kind of know the routine. Like it's it's just, it's not much has changed, right? And then it's like your perspective is different than most people. Um, because like, you know, still, I'm, you know, still just people are here, right? Most people are still like just here. Um, and so most people still haven't had the experiences that we've been, you know, blessed to have. And so they're, they're, they're thinking and, and perspectives are still, you know, kind of in a, in a certain, it just, it's, it's limited, I would say it's limited. And even, even, you know, even talking to some of my friends and my parents, it's still like just like conversations again can, could only go so far for like for a real long time because it's like, you know, I just been I just been in a whole nother mode of thinking and and all these things and and stuff like that. So it it's it's like it's a different type of culture shock that you have to like adjust to, um, uh, than just like your physical surroundings. It's like a literally an intellectual culture shock, <laughs> like adjustment, mm-hmm. like you have to make uh, a lot of times. And so, <clears throat> so when I got so when I got back, uh, my my now fiance, she she's got she got pregnant. And so, like, had a, we had a baby come in, and so, uh, which is exciting. Um, but then, like, like, then the pandemic <laughs> it was it was coming as as well. So, yeah, all you came things, back in October 2019. You were like, you were like getting right out of China right before everything, <laughs> right? Hit the fan, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, and so, not knowing none of this was happening, right? And so, uh, and so, I started, I mean, got right back into the community. Like, uh, one of the community organizations that I contract with now, uh, NOAA, National Organized for Action of Hope, um, uh, they found out I was back and wanted to bring me on board to do some community organizing. So, uh, did that, and then like really got back in my entrepreneurial, like, kind of community development bag. Like, started working again with like a. Uh, immigrant refugees and adult literacy um then like um uh then really really formalized like community changes um which um helps uh people recognize the power that they have to make a difference in their community through uh through uh making digital content uh empowering digital content and so uh started getting back on that highlighting community projects 
start uh, started the podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, had the video series when I was in China, but then started the Black Americans Making the March Stories of Our Podcast, and then started developing the idea for like a, a, a curriculum for Black youth around traveling abroad. Yeah, um, which I just be coming saw out. that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I'm which would be that. That's cool. yeah, which would be coming out in June. And then uh, if people don't know me, my favorite food is pizza. So I was like, hey, what's 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 the best thing to do? Like then talk like talk community and like developing and in and eat pizza at the same time. And so uh, I was able to get us a sponsorship deal with Deep Dish uh, for Deep Dish Conversations with Geno's Eats Pizza based out of Chicago, um, but they have a branch here in Nashville. And so we were trying to get ready to shoot season two this uh, this this summer where we shot season one with six episodes, which did really great. Uh, so yeah, so that's 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 what I've been up to. Nashville is you know it's still booming, but you know my 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 heart and my my soul and my passion is <clears throat> it's I think it's just still a, just a, around just abroad. Uh, traveling experiences and really just giving uh you know black youth specifically an opportunity to be made aware of these social and uh kind of economic opportunities so i think once this uh once this once i get this curriculum finished and published and everything like i think i'm gonna just dedicate everything to that man like just really into that international development sector um and just really kind of just pushing that and uh seeing what happens that come comes from it man I, I i think it just i think it's it's something that this this needs more representation more diversity more inclusionary uh efforts put into it and i think it's 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 a it's an academia thing um and i love to continue working with peace corps i know you mentioned like we did the podcast mm-hmm. uh the collaboration uh with with peace corps which is really cool cuz they reached out to me uh, which is awesome, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, just continuing, man, I think just to hit those communities, like the one I knew that grew up in, that like this information is just not reaching. Um, and these opportunities just don't seem possible. And these experiences don't seem possible for whatever reason, whether it's fear, whether it's just money, whether it's just lack of edu- just lack of knowledge of information about it. Uh, it just really hit that, man. And if I can just, like inspire and introduce the idea and just kind of be like a beacon of like hope uh man that 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 would be great for me um so yeah man so that's what I'm that's what I'm doing here but everything is going digital now as you know Ben man so like if I can figure out a way to 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 kind of get everything digitalized and be able to work remotely like from Mexico or Ethiopia <laughs> and like yeah. be in those spaces, man. Like that's yeah. that's ideal yeah. too. Uh especially for my son, man. I want I want my son mm-hmm. to like kind of grow up in a in a more diverse area, be kind of bilingual, trilingual type of thing. Um and it's really hard to do that here <laughs> in Nashville uh right now. Um and so I just figuring out those things, man. But like for at the moment I, that's what I have going on, man, and just connecting, connecting with people like yourself, man, and just having these great conversations and and just building, man. I just want to, I want to empower people. Like that's that's what I want to do, man. Whatever I'm doing, like I want to be able to help uh, people just build power for themselves and for their communities. And you know, you know, throw throw in a Nobel Peace Prize in there, man. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I I'm like picturing people uh, listening to this right now, just getting real excited. I'm I'm pumped. Like I, you resonate so much positive energy. And what I really love about your work is that you center other people. 
you center folks around you, you, you lift up others, you, you raise awareness in, in all sorts of communities that, that you've had a, an opportunity and a privilege to touch. And like that, that has carried you this far. And I'm, I'm super excited to see where you go. Cause I, I know you're just going to keep building and, uh, I'm just, yeah, this is, this conversation has been really awesome. And I'm, I'm super excited for people to hear it. I, I always ask this question and I know that, that when we first talked, uh, you know, you were, you weren't skeptical on advice, but, but you mentioned that advice is limited because it's predicated on the experience that we've had as individuals, which I think is, is such uh, an important thing to keep in mind. Uh, but I will say, now that everybody's listened to your story and they know who you are, uh, <laughs> what, what advice do you have for folks that are maybe considering going abroad for the first time? Maybe it's Peace Corps, maybe it's something else. Uh, I know you've already kind of alluded to that, but what would you say to them right now? Man, I, w- I would say if you, if you, if you really want to do it, um, figure out a way to do it. Um, trust me, I had all the barriers in the world <laughs> and I figured it out. And the internet was my best friend. Um, and I would tell you, you know, there, there are going to be people who probably don't understand why you need to go abroad or do something like Peace Corps. Um, and that's okay. It's not meant for everybody to understand everything that you're doing. Um, and if they won't support you because they don't understand, well, you may need to uh, cut that person off. <laughs> Uh, maybe need to feed that person with a long, super long handled spoon Um, because there are people like that Um, uh, unintentionally, you know, unfortunately, and they may be the ones closest to you. But if it's something you really want to do, I would say just just go for it. And if it's anything that's keep being like a barrier, like finances, which is a lot of people's barrier or just a fear of like the unknown, like, hey, like. Just go, just go ahead and jump off. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but you'll never know if you don't try, right? And uh, I'm not risk averse at all. And that could, and maybe to a fault, <laughs> maybe maybe to a fault. But like you, like I'm all about taking risk. I'm all about taking chances. And if you, if, and if you, you know, kind of, you can be strategic with your risk. As long as you, you know, have a, a purpose and a why of like what the decisions you're making to go abroad, to live abroad you know, uh, do Peace Corps and things like that, it'll all work out. Um, and you just have to think about, well, how can I use these experiences, um, you know, to better myself, but also, you know, better other people. <clears throat> and that's why, you know, what, what Peace Corps showed me was that there are amazing projects that are happening all over the world that people have no idea about. So know what I did? I started centering that around what I want to do. I want to highlight and showcase these amazing projects that everyday people and sharing their stories that are doing to better their community um, to get that recognition and, and hopefully inspire other people to also build their community as well. Um, like people are doing in Paraguay or Ethiopia or Mexico or Cuba or wherever they may be at. And like, that was just amazing to me, especially being the person of like, like with a venture mindset, like people are doing these crazy things and everybody can't make the travel channel or Nat Geo and, you know, everybody can't make these, you know, these channels, but like real work is happening and real impact is being made and like real grassroots stuff is being done. And like that, that shit is like amazing to me. And so that's what drives me. And so like, I know it's people that's probably listening that has some of these drives that have that adventure in them too. go adventure, go explore, um, whether it's, you know, two years or, or two weeks, like just do it. 
and, and and build on it. And like, trust me, like it can be done. The internet it will be your best friend. There's a grant. There's a fund. There's a scholarship. There's something out there that, or even free, that's out there that you can that you can partake in. Or there's like crowdfunding. Like I don't, which I don't think was really popular. Like when we did Peace Corps, like but crowdfunding. Like if it's something you're really passionate about, put it in a video, write it down, and people will donate to that cause. I'm sure. Uh, I would. Uh, and so, yeah, that that would be my advice. Um, and you know, go from there. I love it. Spoken from the heart. Yeah. So, <laughs> if folks want to get in touch with you, I, I know you've you've got a lot of a lot of feelers out there. You're you all obviously specialize in in the digital space, and you're growing. Uh, how do, how do people get in contact? Yeah, if you want to reach me, uh, you can just go to my website, JeromeLmore dot com. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram, which is Jerome L. Moore. Uh, my LinkedIn is Jerome L. Moore. Or if you want to send me an email, it's jmcommunitychangers at gmail.com. Um, any one of those mediums, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly accessible and I get back to people fairly quickly. Um, I won't leave you on red or anything like that. So if you reach out, uh, I definitely reach back out to you and have a conversation talk build whatever I'm, I'm i'm more than willing to talk and i'm i'm case in point because i just blindly reached out to you over instagram and here we are today uh i'll put all of those uh those pieces in the show notes uh so for folks without a pen and a paper right now uh they can take a look there and get in contact and i would definitely also encourage everyone to uh to jump into the Black Americans Making Their Mark Stories Abroad podcast. You've you've just been doing some amazing work there and uh, excited to see where that goes. Uh, you know, awesome that you got that that deal and I hope that that opens up doors and I hope that you continue to grow it and you know, best of luck with community changers and and your your youth initiative and really just everything that you're doing. Keep keep up the good work, keep resonating the positivity and, and keep pushing the boundaries because you're doing super awesome stuff. I appreciate it, Ben, man. And, and and same to you, you know, keep on, you know, talking to amazing people like myself <laughs> <laughs> and, and keep me, man. And just, I appreciate you, uh, man, uh, give me a spotlight on your platform, man. And just talking, man, you always have a place here in Nashville. If you and the family ever come down, if you're doing another 50 mile race, I meet you at the finish line <laughs> <laughs> and we can go out, man. I can, I take you out to dinner or something, man, but man, you're good people. Um, I encourage people to subscribe, uh, to the podcast, uh, share it, continue to listen in. Uh, and man, yeah, this is amazing, man. I appreciate this. Yeah, dude. I, I hope our boys can play someday. Be, be good. Rough each other up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Boys, <laughs> boys will be boys. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again, bro. Appreciate it. All right, you too, man. Appreciate it, man. All right, peace. All right, Jerome Moore. What really strikes me about Jerome in this conversation is he has such an amazing and genuine connection to communities in which he lives. And I think it's obvious when we talk through the Paraguay example from his Peace Corps service, but also his time in in Costa Rica, which we didn't get to talk about as much as I would like. So we might have to have him back 
on the show to talk about that experience a little bit more. Uh, but then also in China, and then of course, back in Nashville, Tennessee, where he resides today. And I think it's, it's truly inspirational and uh, quite amazing that he is able to foster community in all of these different places. And I think it's apparent that everywhere he goes, he learns from that community. And then the next place that he lives, he's you know applying those lessons learned and he's really building on years and years and years of being a seeker and being a student in this space. And uh, it definitely shines through in conversations like the one you just heard. And I'm just so excited to see where Jerome goes with not only his podcast, but his Community Changers uh, organization and all of the uh, ancillary projects that he does through that work. Uh, Another congratulations to him for getting a network deal with Domino Studios. I think that's a true testament to his format and to his ability to, you know, bring in the right guests and and have really fantastic conversations that inspire. And the other piece I think that jumps out for me here is, you know, by authentically sharing the stories of black Americans traveling abroad and really diving into the details of what what those experiences were like in, in various countries across our globe. He's offering role models and he's offering examples of folks that will, you know, hopefully inspire the next generation of black Americans to consider their paths abroad, their paths out of their communities. And that last point, too, I think that that transcends identity. And I think it opens up opportunities for all of us to think about getting beyond our communities and getting beyond what we know and getting a little bit out of our comfort zone by traveling to, you know, a new country and really just, you know, diving deep into what, what opportunities travel affords you as an individual. Um, I'm going to link all of the uh, links for Jerome uh, if you want to get in contact with him. He's, again, super available. I just reached out to get this conversation for today's episode. So like he said in the podcast, he will definitely get back to you. Uh, I would also encourage, you know, all of you to subscribe, not only to this podcast, but also, you know, take a listen to Jerome's two podcasts and definitely subscribe uh, over there to, to keep up to date with what he's putting out there. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for jumping in. And I know my wife, if she listens to this, is going to give me a little bit of shit for being uh, a little bit verbose here in the outro, but I'm going to take it. And this will be a test to see if she actually listens all the way through. I'll let you guys know on a future episode. Thanks for jumping in.